Off the ball. If there was an Ireland job in the future, so I don't know, I think Brendan Rogers as a future Ireland manager, I, I could get behind Subscribe this. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Tom English is with us to talk Brendan Rogers. Tom, good morning. How are you? I'm all right, Ger. A bit sleepy. I was after Hamden last night. I was going to say, slightly bleary-eyed. Uh, what time did the game finish? Finished around midnight. Uh, I had a bit of scribbling to do. Got in the house, back in the house about half past one. Very sensibly, I had a couple of beers when I came in, Ger. So uh, that was very smart. So I couldn't get to sleep then. So I'm, I'm not fully with you. I'm with you in body, but maybe not in mind this morning. So I apologise. We should just take a moment to reflect on the fact that Scotland are... Um, uh, on 12 points with four games played and they're definitely going to qualify even Scotland are going to screw this up from here it's an incredible turnaround isn't it? It is yeah when you think about just a year ago they got they got eviscerated at uh, at the Aviva um, and haven't looked back since then to be honest they turned it around completely everyone a lot of people were losing faith with Steve Clark after the 3-0 in Dublin but it's it's been remarkable since then you know uh, maximum points in the group. Um, they've only conceded one goal, which was a penalty for er- Erling Haaland. Um, they've scored, what was it, nine goals now? Uh, it's uh, And all the players look incredibly confident. You know, Clark has created a real kind of club atmosphere and, and, and it shows. You were writing, Tom, about uh, Scott McTominay's influence as well. Like, it, his turnaround has been... Quite something to watch, and and even your, your point out the fact that the the uh, the Georgian players possibly were a little less uh, keen to come out of the tunnel and, and and resume action yesterday. And McTominay was certainly one of those players who was raring to go. Yeah, but the, the Georgians did not want to come out. Um, their president was kicking up stink in there, um, and they did, they were refusing to come out until they were told they'd forfeit the game if they didn't. So, uh, and McTominay was, you know, he was standing, staring down the tunnel, almost saying, where the hell are you, you know? Uh, he was brilliant. Obviously, his time at Manchester United hasn't been great. He's been kind of a bit part player off the bench. Um, but with Scotland, he's been exceptional. He's got five five goals in this group so far, you know, for a midfielder. And he was all over the park. You know, he was making tackles in defence, obviously scored scored a goal. Uh yeah, really, really good. Billy Gilmore came into the team for Ryan Christie last night. He hasn't been playing a huge amount for Brighton. He was man in the match. So they're, they're guys, they're maturing as, as a team, as individual as in a team. They're maturing. Their, their caps count is rising all the time. And they look to have a bit of nose about them. Are there any lessons for the Republic of Ireland from what Scotland are doing? I mean, it's remarkable to think that we tanked them in the Aviva just 12 months ago and the fortunes couldn't be more stark at the moment. He's Jared to know. That's a pretty profound question. Like Scotland waited a long time to get to this point, you know, a long, long time. Um, and just a batch of players have arrived at the same time. And Steve Clark, to be honest, he is unflappable. Uh, he took over a mess. Last night, the place was heaving. It's a sellout every time at Hamden now. Uh, when he took over, those crowds are 15, 20, 25,000. Nobody cared. Everyone had lost interest, lost faith in the national team. So Clark has has dragged this thing up, um, and you know you have to give him massive, massive credit. Let's talk about Brendan Rodgers and Celtic. Then um, 
I, when when Ange left and Brendan Rodgers was immediately linked on the back pages of the newspaper, I was like, ah, this is nonsense. There's no way it's going to happen. He's already said he's going to take a year out. Why would he go back? This doesn't make any sense. And then it just happened. I am very mm. surprised. I mean, I, it's football, so not that surprised. But at the same time, on the face of it, originally it didn't make sense. Now, obviously, it does make a lot of sense in some ways. But were you surprised? Yeah, I was t- initially I was surprised because I <clears throat> I didn't think his ego would allow him to come back to Scotland to win the trophies that he's already won. Um, but when the story stuck around for a while, I thought, okay, now there's clearly something happening here. Um, I think he's going to be do his press stuff. I think tomorrow, uh, so we'll find out more about what's what's brought him back. I can only imagine, like he's not coming back to Scotland to win another league title or another treble. He's already done that. I don't think that that would float his boat in any way. Uh, I think he's coming back because I suspect he's been promised a bigger budget for Europe, which was the problem the last time. It was part of the reason why he left for Leicester, because he felt glass ceiling and all that. I'd imagine he's been promised a bigger budget for a, for a better tilt at Europe, because that's where he wants to be. He sees himself as a European manager. He sees himself as somebody who should be competing in the Champions League. And Dermot Desmond has has done the deal with him. Very few people thought he would. Very few people thought Desmond would come back. Very few people thought that Celtic would make a play for him. But they have, and it's done. Um, and I'd say with the fans, it's, it's kind of an uneasy truce. But if he wins trophies... All of that uh, unpleasantness, shall we call it, from before will have been will have will will disappear. That, that record of his in Europe, Tom, as well, uh, isn't great. So, uh, presumably, that's mm. something he wants to address, and that budget, as you say, can only help. Yeah, Shane, he's like his record. His record in Europe is 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 pretty lousy. Um, you know, he's uh, he was a manager of Celtic for their worst ever defeat in in Europe, the seven nil against Barcelona. He also was manager for a 7-1 against PSG and a 5-0 against PSG. Uh, He got them into the group stage a couple of times, but they bombed when they got there. And his record, European record at Liverpool, was poor. Uh, He got to the semi-final of the Conference League with Leicester, but he said going into the Conference League that he hadn't really heard of the Conference League. So I'm not sure how much of a how much of an achievement that was. Overall, I think his record in group stage football plus subsequent knockouts, is 20 wins from 62, which which is pretty poor. Uh, so he'll want, to, he'll want to address that. I can only assume that that is the thing that's bringing him back. That, Desmond would have given him a king's ransom as a salary, but I can't imagine salary would cut it. I mean, he's a very, very rich man. It has to be, it has to be a promise to commit to more European money for better players and a proper tilt at getting to a final. From Dermot Desmond's perspective, it's a really interesting um, epidemiology of, of managers. If you look back, he has liked to go back before, you know, Lenny was the, the comfort blanket, but then completely left field, wild card, Ange Postacoglu from the other side of the planet. And it was such a success that you felt yeah. like maybe they would have done the same thing or tried to replicate that again. But instead it's no comfort blanket, guy I know, guy I trust, get him in. Yeah, and I think I think what's driving it. I mean, you know, when when it went wrong for the ten in a row season, the ten in a row that never was, things got really nasty around Celtic Park, like really nasty. 
um, the hardcore element of the fans were visibly furious. Banners outside the stadium, uh, a bit of kind of disquiet with players coming coming out of the out of the stadium after after a loss against Ross County. Pretty ugly scenes there. Desmond would have looked at this and said, "Well, oh, this is the last thing we want. We we don't want to go back there." He wanted Eddie Howe, obviously. He got Postacoglu, who was an absolute rip-roaring success. Rebuilt the team in the blink of an eye. Played excellent football. uh, Won the trophies. Didn't do anything in Europe. But there was a promise of me he might have done something in Europe this season or next coming season if he'd stayed. And I think think the Celtic board must have thought, certainly Desmond probably would have thought, okay, we remember what it was like when Neil Lennon left and the 10 in a row and all that, we need a safe pair of hands. The last thing we need now is to cede any kind of initiative to Rangers or to have our fans in uproar again. Who's the safest pair of hands here of all the lists, of all the candidates? And it was Brendan Rodgers. Do you reckon Brendan Rodgers will be keen to, to kind of move on from that Ange Postacoglu stamp on the team? Because you look you look around the squad and, and, and even though he was there for a relatively short period of time, the likes of Kyogo and, and Kyogo's future is going to be an important question over the next couple of weeks. But will Rodgers be keen to maybe offload some of those and put his own stamp on this team? Because it is a very Ange team. Oh, it's a totally, yeah, Shane, it's a totally Ange team. Um, barring Callum McGregor and, and Greg Taylor, everybody else is, is an Ange player. Um, I think it'd be crazy if he did that, if he ripped it up. Uh, Celtic fans love this team. They love these guys, they love these players. Um, the Japanese lads have been outstanding. Uh, so if he comes in and he rips it all up, I think the fans, like if he rips it all up and they, and they win and they win and they win and they do something in the Champions League, then fine. But if he rips it up and they, and they wobble, then, then he's in trouble. And like, I think, you know, the, the fans, they've, most of them, most of them, not all of them, most of them have made some kind of peace with Rogers coming back because it was incredibly bitter when he left. There was, it was very, very, uh, they felt very let down. Uh, they've made some kind of peace with it, but it's, it's, it's temporary, you know, if, if he wobbles, if he loses the first old firm match, if he doesn't get it, if he doesn't do anything in the Champions League, all of this latent rancor with him will come tumbling out again. There's no question of that. So I think I think what we'll find when he speaks tomorrow, he'll give great pra- praise to Postacoglu because I think he'll want to hitch his wagon to Postacoglu because he knows Postacoglu is hugely uh, popular, and he will say stuff like, "Oh, you know, we just build on the fantastic work by Ange Postacoglu." Blah 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 blah. I just hope that, that for his own sake, he doesn't go down the road of this is the greatest club in the world. This is my dream job. I've died and gone to heaven by coming <laughs> back here. All that stuff that he did the, the time before, which played well then, it wouldn't play well now. So if you're advising him uh, as his press advisor, <laughs> what what do you say when you're coming back and you've left in the way that he left before? Um... I would say dial down the dial it down to zero the dream job uh, stuff uh, and maybe be a bit honest about why he left uh, and like it's it's you know it's there's a there's a there's a playbook in all this year you know uh, we will want to want to continue dominating Scottish football uh, we are a proud European club. 
we have won a European trophy. That's where we want to get back to. I will move heaven and earth to get us back to that level where we belong. All that stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, Is the... Uh, I don't know, does this matter or not, but um, when you're a kid and you're getting into football and you're reading the stats, it was like Rangers were 30 league titles ahead or whatever it was when I was a child. It's now nip and tuck. Rangers have won 55 titles and Celtic have won 53. You know, obviously, we can ignore any of the other aspects of those um, numbers, the raw numbers for now. Uh, would that be something that he could say, oh, I want to knock them off their perch or something? Is there something, some kind of... No. no? Oh, no, no, no. That would be That would be fatal. That would be fatal, Gerard, because a lot of Celtic fans would say that Rangers have not won 55 titles. So if Rodgers acknowledged that they've won 55 titles, that would be a big own goal. And I don't think he'd make that. I don't think he's going to make that own goal. Uh, I think he'll, I don't think he'll mention Rangers by name at all. Okay. Um, like Postecoglou has left Celtic in a very, very good place. Uh, signed lots of players for, for pretty small money. Whose, whose market value has increased, uh, won a treble, playing good football. I think he'll just focus on what he has, uh, what Postacoglu has built, and what he wants to add on top of that. And, and the only thing that he can add, given they've won everything in Scotland, is European football, European relevance, European success. What success looks like, that's debatable. But certainly... Uh, Getting out of the pool, you know, top two. You need a bit of the look of the draw there, but top two, get into the knockouts. That would be success. They haven't done that in a while. And although we might not mention them, Tom, like the Rangers of of now are very, very different to the to the Rangers mm. of of Rogers' first time in charge at Celtic. To- totally, yeah. Like you know, they're in a bit of a rebuild at the moment. So let's see, let's see what they look like uh, at the start of next season. But their their league totals in finishing second over the last two years, that number is higher than Celtic's winning total in two of Rogers' three league-winning seasons. Um, in points totals in the league, they're miles ahead of what they were under Rogers. So they are a bigger challenge. They are spending a few quid um, at Rangers. They have, they've got offloaded... Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morales and a few others who are who are tying up major wages. So there's in or around, I'm told, in or around ten million in in wages that have left the club. So that's 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 a bit that's a kind of a few quid to play with. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how they how they how they do next season, Rangers. But Celtic, if Celtic are what they can be then they should win and they might win a treble. I don't, and I, would that be a success for Rodgers? Pro- probably because it's a, at its heart, it's a very parochial environment. But I think fans will be looking for, for more than that. And more than that is Europe. It has to be. Why, you know, Postacoglu has won a treble, won the treble. Neil Lennon won a treble. Brendan Rodgers won a treble. It's done like, you know, it's kind of old hat, but what none of them have done. Um, recently, is is do something in Europe. That's the testing ground. You mentioned Eddie Howe was first choice and they ended up with Postacoglu. And Eddie Howe definitely met them and, and went quite far down the line, it looked like, in terms of negotiating with them, but then took the decision to wait for a job that 
ultimately ended up being the Newcastle job. It did feel like, one of the reasons why I was so sceptical about this, it felt like there was, you say, a playbook from how Eddie Howe treated taking a team down but still being well regarded, do some friendly interviews, Sunday feature, the the big name football writers in, in London, uh, give them one every two or three months over a period of time. Talk about how you're humble and you've you've travelled the world and you've spent some time with name drop famous coaches. Uh, <laughs> slightly uh, change your style of play. Done a bit of consultancy work with UEFA, and um, and then suddenly one of the jobs comes up, like the United job with the new owners. Maybe if uh, Eric Ten Hag doesn't like them, the Liverpool job is obviously not going to be there for him again. Maybe the Man United job wouldn't get it, but the Chelsea job is going to come up at some point again, right? Uh, the Spurs job is going to come up at some point again. So he he has gone back to Celtic. Like it's not. I, I, that was the other side of this. He could have got a, an easier job, which would have had a guarantee of more investment in England. I thought. I, I thought that too. Um, and he did say, as you said earlier, he, he said he was going to take a year out. Um, he, but he's been enticed back very, very quickly. Uh, like, that's what I thought he would do. I, I thought he would take his time and that, that some good size club would come in for him, whether in England or Spain. I mean, he speaks fluent Spanish. He's very up to speed with the Spanish Spanish league. He knows He knows everything about it. Um, and has made no secret of the fact that he knows everything about it. Uh, I thought he, to be honest, I thought he'd probably get a get a decent Spanish club, and that's where he would go. He's a, he has a place in Spain, uh, but no, he's come he's come back. Um, like, it's, I think I think he probably sold again. I know I'm repeating myself, but on Europe, like if he, if he is the manager who does something in Europe, then he becomes a hero. Um, and he's banking on that. He knows instantly when he comes back up the road, he's not going to be loved like he was the last time. I mean, 13 or 14,000 people turned out to serenade him when he was appointed first. There's not going to be many people at Celtic Park tomorrow, I wouldn't have thought, to serenade him in the door. So I think it's that prospect. And it's it's ego. Like, Brendan, Brendan thinks Brendan is world class and he and he might be you know he's done well in his career but he will come up and he will think i can win a european trophy if if the number <clears throat> excuse me if the number that Dermot Desmond has given him in terms of transfer budget is juicy the rogers will think i can i can like rangers got to a europa league final why can't we get to a europa, europa league final why can't we win it he will think he will think that way because that's the way he's that's the way he his brain works, and fair play to him. You know, he's very, very ambitious. I am, yeah, like you, I am surprised. But if he thinks he can win a European trophy with Celtic, it makes a bit of sense. Yeah, and I think that's to his credit. I understand a lot of people are reluctant to give Rogers too much credit for stuff like that, and maybe it is just ego, and so therefore you know he had no choice because he thought it was going to be. Able to. So it's uh, it's complicated. It's a complex situation. It, yeah, it is, and. He lays on the, this is my boyhood club, this is my dream job. He lays that on with a trowel. I mean, he just slaps it on there, right? But we sh- that shouldn't take away from the fact that he does. He is very fond of Celtic, absolutely, and has been for a long, long time. He does admire the club. He he had a, until it went wrong when he, when he exited stage left at a rate of knots, he, uh, the fans loved him. They worshipped him. Um, 
So he will imagine that he will win them all over again, that they'll fall in love with him again, that they'll win all the trophies again, plus Europe, and every, and they'll all live happily ever after. And then somebody from England will come in and he'll exit stage left again. Or maybe one of the super clubs. If he, if he wins the Europa League, then suddenly, uh, you know. I'd, yeah, maybe. I'd say, I'd say I'd love to know, and he'll never admit it, but I'd love to ask him, I'd love to hear his innermost thoughts on Postacoglu getting the Spurs job. I'd say he's livid. <laughs> I'd say he's livid. You know, uh, Postacoglu is here for, for two seasons and he gets one of the top jobs in England. Um, Rogers, with everything that he's achieved, achieved in the game, gets Leicester, a very good club, but he got Leicester, not Spurs. And nearly got Leicester to the Champions League twice, like, yeah. you know, which was... Um Definitely, uh, which would which is is again in the plus column for him. So, uh, Tom, good stuff. Great to have you with us. Thanks a million. Cheers, lads. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.